0: fellow adventurers and welcome to the nerd lab where we transform our gaming passion into incredible game designs and learn how to nerd like a boss my name is marvin and i'm an ambitious game designer on my quest to develop a cooperative fantasy card game for this podcast my vision is to take you with me on this exciting journey together we will explore the secrets of different game mechanics and reach the next level as a game designer good morning everyone at least it's Morning here uh, in Germany. It's six a.m. and um, yeah, since people are listening from all over the world, I don't know what time it is um, for you right now. Um, but I just yeah thought it would be right to say good morning. So, I mean, maybe it is morning and you are commuting to work or so while you are listening to this. Um, but maybe it's evening and you are trying to fall asleep, or you are listening to this while you are doing your grocery shopping or while you are doing garden work. Or I don't, I don't know. Um, and I cannot know, because uh, podcasts are very uh, an asymmetrical way of communicating, because I do not get any feedback from you, uh, at least not direct feedback. I know some of you write emails and um, communicate with me um, in Discord and so on, but I do not get really feedback when I say something. And um, yeah, I wanted to try in the last week a little bit um, uh, of a different approach by um, live streaming some of my game design efforts, and I did that on on Twitch, and I really enjoyed getting um, a bit of feedback while I do that. So um, some people were hanging out in the chat room and talking talking with me, and um, it was a little bit of back and forth, and I, and I like that. So um, if you're interested in yeah seeing what I did on Twitch, you can um, uh, watch the replay on. Uh, twitch.tv uh, slash nerdlikeaboss. Um, I was uh, yeah creating a design skeleton for the game that I'm currently co-designing. So, but um, what are we doing today? Today we are talking about... Um, yeah, we have, I have prepared a little yeah top 10 list of mine. Um, and the list is about the top 10 mistakes uh, of new game designers. And um, yeah, I sometimes talk to very popular and successful game designers when I get the the chance to um, to interview them for this podcast, but uh, more often I talk to um, new and aspiring game designers um, over at Discord or via mail um, or at a convention, which has been some time uh, due to COVID-19, of course, but um, I talk a lot to, to, to those aspiring game designers and... Um, I see some common patterns, some problems that um, many aspiring game designers have, and um, most of them I had myself. And um, I think it would be fun to yeah to talk a little bit about them and um, yeah to reflect what kind of mistakes oneself has made. And um, yeah, that's why I prepared a little top ten list for that. And um, yeah, I will go over it, and you can. Yeah, maybe learn a little bit from it or see if you made some of those mistakes before or um, maybe you identify some other mistake that you have seen um, a lot of game designers do and want to tell me that in the in the comments or um, in an email. So let's start. My number 10. Um, so I will count uh, downwards from 10 to, to 1. And my number 10 is the game is not original. And why is that the case most of the time it the case it's the case because people try to clone an existing game. they play a game and then they think about it and they may probably they don't like one aspect of it and think, "I can do that better and they um they really start from that specific game and only change a few things and um call it their own in that case it's Yeah, it's often not unique. And um, that is really what is important because uniqueness is what sells. Um, If you go to a publisher, they will ask you for um, uh, what is a unique aspect of your game. What is your key selling point or your unique selling point? And um, oftentimes there are trends in the board game industry like deck building has been um, once Dominion came out a few years ago and a lot of aspiring game designers um, really jump on that hype uh, wagon and try to design a game that is pretty much like Dominion but when you look at the first I don't know 20 deck building games that came out they were probably pretty much like Dominion with a little twist or so and not too much of an innovation and um that is what uh, often leads to to a situation where a game is not original at least it doesn't feel original for me and um another another um genre that has been very hyped were for example were um uh, legacy games so a lot of a lot of uh, people tried to create some legacy games when this was uh, a hyped topic i don't know if it still is but um yeah there were a lot of people working for that and um as a result um a lot of games look pretty similar when they when they came out and um, i don't say you should not um copy something from um from existing games you should be inspired but you should not copy directly from these other games um yeah, and that is uh, my number number ten point. Uh, games are not original, so make sure you um, come up with a unique idea or a unique mechanic, and um, yeah, go from there. My number nine is that new aspiring game designers often overcomplicate concepts because they think they need to make it unique. And you may ask yourself, but wait, you just said I should make my game unique. Yes, you should, but you should not overcomplicate your game while doing so. Um and here are some, some um reasons why this may happen. Some games I see from new game designers, they just have too many components. They have a lot of uh cards, dice, meeples, um bags, and tokens, and whatsoever. And The problem often is also that there are too many tools of randomness. So I like randomness, but if you add randomness to your game, you should only have, most of the time, only have one aspect that creates that randomness. Maybe uh, some dice or some cards or a bag from which you draw tokens. But
1: mm,
0: you should not have more than than one of those um, um, randomness things. This can make a game too complex. Um, and the result, if you have a lot of components or maybe an indicator that your game is uh, overcomplicated, is that it takes too long. And um, I also I really like games that are long campaign based games that you can play over multiple sessions, but each session should not be, I mean, not probably not longer than two two and a half hours or so, um, and that. Is already a very, very long game. And um, yeah, that's something that, uh, that you can have an eye on when you design your own games. So if you see that it takes ages um, to play the game and you are probably shooting for something like an hour and it takes two and a half hours, so you should try to, um, to reduce stuff. Yeah? And another thing that I see oftentimes is that the game is just, it feels not elegant. It feels a little bit clunky. Um, and that is an indicator that the, that the mechanics do not really work well together. And um, yeah, coming back to that idea of um, being unique, um, the problem here when you try to overcomplicate things that I have seen with many game designers is that you try to do every part of your game as a completely unique, new, and innovative thing. And I don't think that this is necessary. You need a unique idea, but this can, the unique thing can also be the theme or the setting or it can be one of the mechanics, but not all of them. So it is okay to use mechanics that have been proven to be effective um, in other games already. Take them, get inspired by them, reuse them, um, but make sure that some aspect of your game is unique. Okay, now my number eight um yeah i think a mistake that new aspiring game designers do is that they only work on one game and that might sound very strange to you because uh, i often also say you need to focus you need to focus that the number one skill of uh, uh of successful people in the 21st century yes it is and um I have been working on on one game for the first six months or so when I when I started game design, and I think that's okay. Um, but what I really what I felt is that you can get some kind of tunnel vision. You only see your your game and uh, maybe the the problems that um, that arise in this game, and um, you get really attached to to the game and it gets really hard to yeah, to let things go that do not work. And um, if you only work on one game, you oftentimes, new game designers, think that they, all of the ideas that they have need to go into this specific game. And um, most of the game designers are really creative people, so they have a lot of ideas. Um, and they try a lot of to put all of their ideas into that one single game, and that is also a reason that makes uh, that why the games become over over complicated, because so many different things um, are part of that own one game. And if you are working on different games, um, you as a result uh, will level up as a game designer because you see other aspects of games other, um, other problems and maybe you see that one of the mechanics you thought of that you really liked for the first game uh, it maybe it fits better into the second game so I really really like working on several different games um, I do not focus on all of my games um, with the same amount of time but um, I have focus times for, for all of these games. And uh, what I do is I try to create lists of mechanics I really like to um, want to explore in the future. Um, and I create some kind of backlog for keywords that I like and that I want to explore in future expansions for a game. But I try nowadays try to not put everything into one game. And that is uh, something that um, yeah. new designers often do and that I have done myself, of course. So that brings us to my number seven. Number seven is the game is not fun. And I know that's probably not a mistake someone, uh, someone does on purpose or so, but um, it often is the case for new aspiring game designer. The first games they design, they are not fun. And I definitely have a lot of uh, these games uh, in my shelf uh, which I designed and I really, I think they are bad. They're really bad. And that's normal. And um, here are some uh, key indicators to identify that your game is not fun. So the first one really is, for me, if there is only one path to victory, if there's only one strategy that wins all the time, um, that is a problem in a game. That is not fun. And that can be the reason, the reason can be that the game is not balanced or that it's uh, not diverse enough from the from point of the, the mechanics and the strategy. So you should really, really rework that if uh, the same strategy wins over and over again. Um, and then often games that are play from new designers, they feel like, I'm just solving some kind of math problem or that I'm working on a spreadsheet and or doing some chores. This is if I have this feeling in a game, I I think the game is not fun and you should really invest a lot of time to get rid of it or maybe shelve the game uh, directly because um this is something that people will probably not play over and over again and that is also a good indicator so if your game lacks replayability that's a good indicator that it's not fun and um, if you playtest your game and yeah no no one of the playtesters wants to play it again if you bring it a second time that's a very good sign and indicator that the game is not fun Um, and often the case for me is that i as a player just do not have enough interesting choices and decisions so maybe there are not enough options for the players um, or my choices are not meaningful enough well if this uh, comes up the game often is not fun and that's yeah more often than not true for um, for new game designers that um, yeah just do not see that the game is not fun um, in the first place and that's Yeah, it's human because it's your baby, you created it and you want it to be fun. Um, Yeah, But sometimes it just isn't and you need to, I don't know, rework it or um, get rid of the idea. Um, Number six on my list is that um, new game designers often do not focus on the interplay between mechanics and theme. And um, I'm very guilty of that as well because um, most people I have seen um, in game design are either good at creating a cool theme, um, a memorable story, um, a narrative, um, and a setting, or they are very good in creating interesting mechanics. And I am not very good at creating theme. I'm better at creating uh, mechanics. Um, But what you want uh, for your game is... um, theme and mechanic to go hand in hand of course and um, you should not start with one and just add the other on top of it then it can feel some kind of uh, a mismatch but you want the two things to work um, as a tandem and you can of course start with one but at some point in time you need to put the other one on top of it but then you need to go back and rework the first wing uh, first part again as well so if you started with a mechanic and you add some kind of theme afterwards you need to go back and um, to your mechanics and think about how the theme that you just chose um, can be used in the mechanics how does the theme impact the mechanics so you need to adjust it and this is more like a like a feedback loop that goes uh, over and over again Um, an iteration but uh, not uh, something that you just put on top of it and um, this is a mismatch that i see in some games that uh, come from aspiring game designers Uh, and i think this is something publishers are really good Um, and they can add a lot of their experience here during the development stage so if you have problems with that it might be a good idea to work together with a publisher instead of going the, the self-publishing route. Number five. Um, yeah, that's something that I see all over the place. Um, new aspiring game designers, they invest in art um, and design, graphic design too early. And I mean this from two different perspectives. The first one is that they go out there and buy artwork for their game they are looking for a graphic designer and um yeah buy i don't know five artworks ten artworks more or um they ask people to um to create their card framework or their maps or whatsoever and they buy these stuff and i don't think this is um, a good thing to do in the beginning of the game because so many things may change or um the setting may change or I don't know, you know, do no longer have these characters or factions and um, the entire art is useless then. So don't invest in art too early in the process. And the second perspective is that they invest too much time in it. So some de- designers think they can do everything themselves. Um, and even if they can, because they have experience in the um, graphic design and art um area they invest too much time in it and i think that you should really 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 focus on the on the game design aspect and yeah some people say it is important for playtesting or approaching publishers to have a nice looking uh, prototype and um, i think that is true Um, of course i want to play uh, a game that that looks nice instead of one that is just a a piece of a piece of paper with some hand drawing or uh, writing on it but you should really focus on the design aspect because otherwise it will be a waste of money and time if you um, focus too early on the on the art part and there are a lot of uh, a lot of uh, free resources you can use to um, to yeah create I have to say cards or other components that uh, are good looking and um, good enough for for playtesting and also for approaching publishers. Um, For example, there was a a humble bundle for um, a few, I don't know, maybe years ago um, or a month ago where you could buy a lot of uh, art for, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, 20 euros or so. And um, it included card frameworks, it included um, uh, tokens, it included um, character art and so on. And even if it does not fit with the theme that you are looking for or that you envision for your game, it's a super easy way to to start out and to to create good looking stuff that people are willing to playtest for you. So that is my advice as well. Number four mistakes of new designers is they are adding instead of cutting. And um, that is, of course, <laughs> I, am, um, uh, I have been victim of this as well because um, what most designers do when they encounter a problem during the design phase is they try to solve it by adding new stuff. And... <laughs> this leads, of course, to an overcomplicated end product again. But um, it also creates a lot of complexity during the design stage. And um, if you add stuff and stuff and stuff, there's a lot of um, interaction between your different mechanics and components. And this will uh, yeah, make it even more complex for you as a designer to, to keep um, keep track of what is working and what is not working, what is causing the problems and um the core problem here is that mm, you are getting in love with the mechanic and you really want to make it work but um yeah sometimes it's the right way to um to get rid of it instead of um trying to solve it and um yeah i know it's really hard to to kill your babies the stuff that you have been working on you have put so many so much time um, in it um to get it to where it is at the moment. But if it still isn't working, if it's not adding to your game, um, you should probably try to get rid of it. And yeah, put it onto into your onto your backlog. Um, maybe it works in another game or start a, a new game by, um, um, by using it as the core gameplay loop or the core mechanic, the core emotion for your game. So, number four is people are trying to add too much stuff instead of cutting it. Number three. Number three is um, ignoring the market. And that has also different um, aspects to it. The first one is um, they do not do enough market research. And by doing market research, I mean playing other games, um, reading websites like i don't know board game geek or listening to um to advice like uh i don't know different podcasts or youtube videos um so that you know what kind of games are already out there so you need to know what how the competition looks like you need to know what has been done in the past and why some things were successful and why other things were not um Otherwise, you will make the same mistake that um, other designers have been uh, doing in the past already. So look at the market um, and learn which kind of games are successful. And then don't copy them one-to-one, but learn why they were uh, successful. That is really, um, really important, I think. And um, another aspect um, to that is... um, Be willing to playtest other players' games. I often see um, game designers that are looking for playtesters, but they are not willing to playtest other players' games. And that is um, not only a bad habit, it's it's a lost opportunity, because um, you will learn much about game design and the market if you play other games. And um, you will identify things that work really good um, and you will also be a- be able to identify things that do not work that good. So um, both skills will help you with your own designs from my perspective. And um, another aspect really is to ignoring the market is um, that you are not researching publishers, for example. So if you are... Um, if you want to approach a publisher, be sure that you really really research them well before you do so. so you should know what kind of games they publish, what kind of um, how their audience look like, what kind of genre they are um, they are in, and what kind of games, how long are the games that they are pu- that they are publishing, what kind of mechanics do they use in the make in, in these games um, because otherwise they will not um, accept your your offer. Another um, aspect to that uh, ignoring the market topic is that some game designers just have uh, false expectations of the market. So they think they design one game and then they retire, yeah, so to speak. But um, yeah, the truth is, of course, different. You earn something like, I don't know, 5% of the wholesale price or so, um, and um if your game is not crazy successful, which it probably will not be, um, you will not earn a lot of money with it. So um, if that is your goal, you need to need to, yeah, think in another way, um, try to find creative products or become a publisher, or, I don't know, but um, if you are only designing the game, you will most probably not get rich. And um, the rest or the last um, aspect of um, my point three ignoring the market is ignoring the marketability of your game. So sometimes people create games with a theme that is super specific um, or they are just chasing the trends as I um, mentioned already in the beginning that they just hopped on the Deck building market or the legacy game market because so many games um, have been successful in the beginning of this market, and um, or the trading card genre is also um, a good um, a good example here. And um, you should also research what kind of games do well when it comes to the business model and um, the marketability. And this is something that most game designers don't don't really do. Okay, that brings me to my number two. Um, And that is you lose focus on the core of your game. And that is something that happens very often um, because new game designers... um, yeah, They're trying different stuff during the design phase, which is good. And um, yeah, sometimes they focus on um, aspects of the game that are not the core of the game. Um, and yeah, what is the core, you may ask. And you as a game designer, you should really know. You should really know what is the core of your game and where. um there are some, some questions you can ask yourself um, to find out what the core of your game is. Um, You should ask yourself, what do you want your players to feel when they play the game? What is the core emotion you want um, your players to have? And um, you should also know what makes your game fun. Um, What is, I don't know, the core mechanic of your game that um, engages the people? So when do they go in the tank and think about... What kind of decisions they want to 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 make? Um, when does the tension really increase during your game? By finding out the interesting and most important mechanic of your games of your game that is responsible for for these kind of situations um, is the best way to identify um, the core of your game. And once you have done that, um, you should focus on it and make sure that. It really shines. Um, There might be other mechanics around it um, that um, support it also. But make sure that this mechanic really shines and is the core of your game. Okay. And now, finally, the number one mistake of uh, new and aspiring game designers. They are not getting the right feedback. And this has a lot of different aspects to it as well. The first one is they are designing the game alone. Yes, I know most of the game designers design their game alone, and the reason is probably because it's um, it's easier. I mean, you have a you can work on the game whenever you have time. You do not have to um, argue with someone else, but you really don't get that invaluable feedback of someone who really knows the game as well as you do. And, um, yeah, if you have some kind of down face during the, during the design, you do not have someone who can, yeah, cheer you up. The motivation and sometimes even pressure of another game designer can really, really help to, to move your game design forward. But oftentimes, um, yeah, you are, you're designing alone. And that's also, that's also okay. But you have to make sure you get the right feedback. And that brings me to the other um, points on the list for my number one mistake of new game designers. The first one is you do not get playtests in early enough. And you should really start as soon as possible, as soon as possible possible once you have a playable version even if it's only a part of your game maybe if you if you only can play one round of your turn that's enough Um, get these playtests in and um, I know some new game designers have um, the fear that someone is stealing their idea that's not happening all of the designers have their own ideas that they want to want to follow um so it usually is not happening that someone is stealing your idea um and even if this may be a risk which i do not see it's always more important to get the feedback of other people um than hiding your idea for yourself and keeping it there uh, because most probably it will not get to a publishable state there in that time um so that is the number one fear that people are anxious that someone is stealing their idea and um, another reason why people are not getting the right feedback is of course they are not playtesting enough so they are not playtesting early enough and then they are not playtesting enough so i really uh, encourage you to playtest your game uh, in a uh, on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis, whatever um, fits your calendar, but um, on a regular basis. So don't do a playtest and then wait a couple of months before you do the next playtest. Um, schedule the the next playtest right away and um, put some pressure on yourself to, um, yeah, to adjust your game in the meantime. And that, the next point on the list, um, they are not listening to feedback. Sometimes new game designers, they are playtesting, but um, they think they are the designers and they did everything um, correct and um, they do not really listen to the feedback of their playtesters. But this can also go into the other direction. Some new game designers, they are not uh, really comfortable as a game designer um, and they listen to all of the feedback. And sometimes playtesters' feedback is not good uh, because they have their personal um, opinions and and preferences, and they might not be um, this might not be the same uh, preferences that you want to um, want to incorporate in your game. So you need to know that not all of the feedback needs to end up in your product. Um, filter the feedback, uh, filter out the personal preferences and op- opinions of the um, playtesters. But listen to them. Don't defend all the time what you have done. Just listen. Um, And then decide what is worth testing, um, what is worth adjusting, and do that afterwards. Another reason why you do not get the right feedback is you do no blind playtesting. Or you playtest always with the same group of people. And You really need to... Bring your game to to different people with a different mindset, with a different relationship to to you Um, and even people, uh, if you talk about blind testing, to people that do not have a relationship with you at all um, because they will give you honest feedback. And um, that is what you require. You need a lot of feedback. It needs to be honest feedback and you need to uh, filter it and um, listen to it. And that is my number one um, mistake that um, aspiring game designers do. Go out there as soon as possible with a playable version. Okay, and that's everything I have on my list um, for today. Thank you very much for listening and um, yeah, until next week, keep shooting for the moon and nerd like a boss. Goodbye.